Christ is risen. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. I believe that news is the most important thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. I believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the hinge on which all history swings. I believe it's a power to change everything, to change your life, to change my life, to redeem all things. I think it's a power that's stronger than death. It's a power that breaks out, breaks through, busts through. My prayer for you and me is that that resurrection power won't be just something that was demonstrated and experienced 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, but that it would be demonstrated and experienced in Dallas in 2012. And I want to look again at this old story, and whether you've heard it before, year after year, or whether you're hearing it today for the first time, my prayer is that God would give us fresh ears to hear it. It's from John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. And then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. And he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. But they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell him where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Let's pray. God, will you add your richest blessing blessing on the hearing and reading of this word? Take my words this morning, Lord, and speak through them. Take our thoughts, O Lord, and think through them. And take our hearts and light them up with the power of your resurrection. Amen. I think the resurrection is the most important thing that's ever happened. 
And I think it has a message that applies to everyone in the whole world and certainly everyone here today. That means it applies to you whether this is the first time you've ever been in church or if you've been walking with the Lord, as we say, for years and years. It applies to you whether your Saturday night was a mess or whether it was a blessing. It applies to all of us today. Because the resurrection is about a power that busts through. It breaks out. It can't be contained. The grave, as it says in the song, couldn't hold him. The same power that busted out of the tomb and moved away the stone is the same power that wants to bust into our lives and bust up the problems around us. And there's three things I want to look at here in the life of Mary Magdalene. And I like Mary because I feel like she's somebody who has a lot in common, which we'll see, with each of us. You know, we are people, we live in 2012. We don't live in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And yet, in a way, the resurrection that happened, I think, is still happening and still able to happen. Because I think God's power is on the loose. So I want to look at three different episodes here in this little short story about Mary at the tomb that I think will apply to all of us. And in fact, I think it sort of works through maybe where we are in each of our journeys. The first thing is this. I believe the resurrection has power to bust through and bust out and break through our doubts, our intellectual hurdles. Some of you have heard me say that when I was dating my wife, I tried um, to perfect the stealth mode when it came to it, which in my uh, life meant I tried never to talk to her, okay? I was what you might call an idiot. That's a stupid strategy, okay? If you're, trying to, if you're interested in a girl, you need to talk to her. But when we were early on in our relationship, when we were just, uh, I wouldn't even say we were dating, just sort of going out. We went to dinner one night, and I was afraid to go by myself, so I brought my friend with me. And I guess she was afraid to go by herself because she brought her friend with her. And we sat at dinner, and for some reason, I didn't talk to Elaine, who's now my wife, or really make eye contact with her. I talked to her friend the whole evening. And when the dinner was over and they got up to go, I said goodbye to her friend and didn't say anything to her. And as they were walking away, her friend said, which is, I think this is what girlfriends are supposed to do, he's not into you. <laughs> there was an assumption that they made there about how things were going. And Mary makes the same assumption here in John chapter 20. She, she comes to the tomb that morning and she makes what I think most of us would agree is a, a reasonable assumption. The stone has been rolled away, the body is no longer there, and she says in verse 2, they've taken the body, I don't know where they've laid him. In other words, it must be grave robbers. It must be grave robbers that have taken the, the body away. See, Mary looked at the evidence and made an assumption about how she thought the world worked. See, some of you are here this morning, and you love the music, and you love the idea of resurrection, and you, and you love the thought of Jesus, this great teacher and healer. But when it comes down to it, if I really pressed you, you'd say, it's a nice story, but give me a break. This is the real world. People don't rise from the dead. And you're looking at the evidence and you're making an assumption about how the world works. What I'd like to do just this morning for a little bit is maybe push you a little bit on some of your assumptions. See, I think the resurrection can break through the framework that we have about how things are supposed to happen. See, one of the things that in our culture we believe is that there's two sorts of people. There's people of faith, and then there's people 
I don't know what the right term is, but maybe of reason or of uh, science or of rationality. There's sort of people that are, are taking leaps of faith, we like to talk about, it, and there's other people whose feet are firmly on the ground. And I don't think that that's actually a fair summary of the human condition. I think it's more like this. We're on the edge of a cliff, and let's say there's a lion running up after us, ready to get us. Just work with me here, okay? And you're here on the edge, and right in front of you, there's a tree with a bunch of different branches. But what I think that all of us are doing in life is that all of us are people who are jumping into the tree. But the question is, which branch are we going to latch onto and hold on? Which branch will catch us and hold our fall? See, one of the things that's fascinating to me about the resurrection accounts in the scriptures is that there's not a single scriptural writer who attempts to explain or even describe the actual resurrection. In all the Gospels and in the writings of Paul, we hear about what happened after the resurrection. There was an empty tomb, a stone rolled away, a risen Christ met some people, and so on. But no one ever tries to explain what actually happened. I think it's appropriate that that's the case. This is a mystery in the center of God's will. A holy mystery. And so, of course, we can't uh, produce evidence or you know, use video or physics to explain how the resurrection occurred. And the New Testament doesn't even try. So we can't prove it in some sense. But you also can't disprove it. In fact, I'd like to say that rationality and intellectual thought are important, but they only get us so far. They only get us to the edge of the cliff, so to speak. And all of us are basing our lives on faith decisions. You've made a faith decision about what to trust in your life. And the question you have to ask yourself is, is the branch I'm holding on one that can hold my weight? Is it one that can save me, so to speak? So when Elaine left the dinner that night and her friend said, He's just not into you. She said, well, it does sort of seem like that. But he keeps calling me and asking me out on dates. He keeps wanting to sit next to me when we go places. So maybe I'm missing something. And you know what she started to do? She started to doubt her doubts. Do you follow me? She started to say, well, this is what the evidence seems to say, but maybe I'm getting it wrong. I'm wondering this morning if, if the first step for some of us is to let the resurrection bust through our doubts. Maybe we can begin to rethink what we had previously taken for granted. Because all of us are making faith decisions. And I like to tell you that I think the faith and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of God is a, is a decision on faith that's based on solid rock. What is your faith decision based in today? Mary came, she saw the tomb rolled away, stone rolled away, the empty tomb, and she said, well, obviously it's grave robbers. People, educated people like us in 2012 say, people don't rise from the dead. Can I suggest that that's exactly the point? That's the whole point of the New Testament. Of course it doesn't happen. That's why when it did happen, it was a miraculous, incredible event that changed literally everything for the early Christians. Maybe you should doubt your doubts this morning. Let the resurrection power bust through your previous intellectual concepts. But there's something else I think we need to talk about today. Mary doesn't just come to the tomb and make a decision. Who Mary is, I feel like, is significant. And, and the situation that she had just witnessed is significant. See, the power of the resurrection can bust through our doubts. 
and bust through our intellectual frameworks about how we think the world works. But can, it can also bust through what we think about somebody's individual life. The resurrection busts through our, our value judgments on who's important and who isn't. I find it so significant that the first person in all the gospel accounts to see the risen Christ is Mary Magdalene. You might know a little bit about her if you've been to church before. Mary Magdalene, Luke's gospel tells us, was a woman from whom Jesus uh, cast seven demons. You know, she is, in my mind, she's the person that you see muttering along down Ross Avenue. Unkempt, filthy, dirty, out of one shelter after another. Burning one bridge after another. A person with serious problems. What does it mean that it is exactly to her that the risen Christ first appeared? See, one of our assumptions is that God works a certain way only with certain people. And you may be here today and just walking into the church was a huge step for you. Because your life is a mess. You turned your back on God, so to speak. You've left series of failed relationships in your wake. Or maybe you're here today and you're, you claim to be a Christian, but you know and you feel bad about that you don't pray enough, that you don't have enough faith, that you doubt too much, that you're too greedy, you're too given over to anger. See, the resurrection power of Easter Sunday means that God can use any life, even a life like Mary Magdalene. This Bag lady walking down Ross Avenue, so to speak, is the first sort of person to which the risen Christ appeared. Which means that God can redeem any life. Are you here today and you think that you don't have it together, that you're not worthy? The truth is, of course, you are totally not. But the power of the gospel and the resurrection power that Easter Sunday celebrates is that God can take your life and use it. In fact, The past is swallowed up with the power of the resurrection. And what God has for you is a glorious future. I really believe that. I really hope that this church can be the sort of place where we see God working in all sorts of people's lives. People whose lives we would never have picked to be part of what God is doing. And yet, that's whom God has picked. Just as he picked Mary Magdalene. Do you have preconceived assumptions this morning that God needs to bust through about the sort of people he can use? I I really think he can use you and use me. In fact, I talked to a guy just after the 930 service, and he said, you know what? God took my life and has used it for incredible things. What a message. That's Mary Magdalene's story, and I believe that can be your story too. See, the resurrection is about a power that just can't be contained. It blows the roof off, so to speak. It's about a power that busts through and breaks through and breaks out of previous intellectual uh, caves we have around it. It can bust through our doubts. It can bust through our, our way of judging the people between dividing people into this sort of group and that sort of group. All our feelings of unworthiness, not being good enough, the resurrection says you are not good enough, but God is, and that he can use you. Maybe this morning you just need the resurrection power of God just to bust through your thoughts of inadequacy, of not being good enough. What a story you'd have to tell if you'd say, you know what, I have been a mess, I am a mess, 
but God can use me. That's a power. That's a story right there. But there's something even bigger, I think, that the resurrection is about. Another assumption that the resurrection busts through. Not just about how we think about the way the world works. Not just how we think about people. But I think the resurrection can even bust through what we see happening in the world. See, Mary's weeping. And why is she weeping? I think she's weeping because she just came again to the conclusion that the world is a pretty messed up and awful place. See, sometimes people accuse Christians of being naive about the world, about the faith being sort of a crutch. I can't imagine anything less naive, anything more open-eyed to the situation of the world than the Easter message. See, the Easter message is that there was a man whom we now realize was God himself who came among us. He healed, he taught. He wanted peace, he wanted human flourishing. And we took him and we betrayed him and we lynched him. And he died murdered on a cross. And at that moment, all his friends even deserted him. See, you're here this morning and you're probably dealing with some difficult things. There's been a death, a bankruptcy, a layoff, an unjust lawsuit, a divorce, an addiction. What are the situations this morning that you see in the world and say, this world is a mess? Are it the orphans? Is it the orphans that are going hungry? Is it the people in war zones? Is it the pain and brokenness in your family? See, Mary's at the tomb because she's seeing all these things summed up in the crucifixion of Christ and she just weeps. Because the truth is, sentimentalism isn't going to get us anywhere. If we just try to think positively, it'll all work out. It doesn't work out. This is the real world. And I believe even in the midst of the real world, the real world pain, hurts, deaths, cancers, infertilities, betrayals, even in the midst of the bombs and the orphans and the diseases, I believe God is at work. In August of 2001, At the Village Vanguard in southern Manhattan, there was a jazz concert. It was a humid August evening, not very remarkable. Except if you were there that evening, you would have seen in the back of the band playing someone who looked, and in fact was, the great trumpeter, Wynton Marsalis, a virtuoso of the highest standard. And the evening went along relatively unremarkable until near the end, Wynton Marsalis stepped forward and did a solo unaccompanied number. And he played this old jazz song called, I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance with You. It is a beautiful, haunting song at all times. But the people who were there that evening say that it was almost painfully beautiful. And he came to the final phrase, I don't stand a ghost of a chance. And then... Somebody forgot to turn off his stupid cell phone. And the moment was ruined. 
And people get uncomfortable and they begin to shift and chatter a little bit. And then Marsalis started playing back on his trumpet the notes of the ringtone. Real slowly. And then as only a virtuoso can do, he began to improvise on them. Move them around and modulate a few keys. And he worked it right back in to the melody of the song. And so he came back to the end of the phrase, I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you. See, what I think this morning is that God can take all the ugliness and the terrible hurts and pains of our lives and redeem them into something glorious and beautiful. See, the resurrection of Christ is about taking the crucifixion and turning it into a good Friday. It doesn't mean the crucifixion was a good thing. It was the ugliest moment of history. But in the power of God, now we can look back and see how he has redeemed it. This same resurrection power happens today. There's a man in our congregation named Lynn Thomas. He was here at 9.30. Perhaps you saw his video last week. He lives in the neighborhood. He's going blind irreversibly. He has glaucoma. And he has this great phrase. He says, as my vision gets dim and dirty, my view of God is growing. And he said to me this morning, it's not that I'm glad that I'm going blind. I don't want, I don't like it. I don't want it. But I'm so grateful for the power of God in using it to do something great in my life. See, the resurrection means that God can even take the crucifixion and turn it into something glorious that we sing about. The symbol of which we walk around with, around our necks. What can God do with the situation in your life? How can he take the cancer, the lawsuit, the divorce, the addiction? How can he take those things and weave it into what he's doing, work it into his melody, so to speak? I believe that's the resurrection is about. I believe the resurrection power is a power that busts through the sorry state of the world. And that means to me that even if we die, see the resurrection is about swallowing up death in victory. Even if we die, and we all will die one day, and some die earlier than others. Death is going to claim all of us. Sometimes the disease wins. Sometimes somebody doesn't recover. Sometimes the bombs fall. Sometimes the murderer strikes. Even when we die, the power of the resurrection is a power that can bust through the power of death. See, the glory of the resurrection is that Christ kept his scars. It's not that the bad thing didn't happen, it's that God was able to use and swallow up the bad thing. And the power of the resurrection and the promises that what God has done in Jesus is what God is going to do. So friends, the good news I had to tell you today is that the mess that you find yourself in, the ugliness that's in your life, the terrible weight of grief and guilt and shame that some of us are carrying around, the feelings of betrayal, of being burnt out, of anxiety, of stress, a physical pain. I believe that the resurrection means that God has the power to take even those things and bust on through the under, other side. There is 
no life that God can't redeem. There's no situation, however ugly, and nothing is ever uglier than the crucifixion, that God can't bring something glorious out of it. May God give us the faith just to trust that he can redeem all things. May you and I have the sort of lives that on our own are filled with hurts and betrayals and infidelities. May we have the kind of life that says, this is just who I am, but in God, he can make something beautiful and glorious out of it. Easter is about a power that busts through how we used to think about the world. It's easy to think the world is going to a bad place, but the resurrection means your way of thinking is wrong. It's not the grave robbers that came. It's the power of the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The resurrection means your way of thinking about people is wrong. It's not the haves and the have-nots, the ones who are successful or not. It's those who just trust in Christ. God can use somebody like Mary Magdalene. He can use somebody like you and me. And the power of the resurrection is that it's not even our situations, our circumstances, even when it's death, that can keep us from the love of God that has come to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. But that God is able to raise up, redeem, and resurrect all things. May the resurrection power be at work in your life and in my life today and all the days of our lives. And may we have the faith that when our life comes to an end, to trust on the other side, God can make everything sad come untrue. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, on our own, this is too much for us. We can't believe it. And so we are so grateful that you don't make us find you, but that you find us. And that you sought Mary out and called her by name. And let her see that everything about which she was crying, you were able to capture and swallow up in victory. Lord, we today need that same sort of victory. Would you come to us, Lord, call us by name, and bust through all the things that need breaking out of in our lives? We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.